Dave. And I'm Becky. And this is... Tea and Sympathy. Sympathy. Yeah. It was a... Oh, you put your hair up. My hair's been up the whole day. Like that? No. I just put it up again. Like, I took it out and put it... I Like, I didn't see the back of it. Does it look bad? No, I mean, I didn't see the back of it. So when I looked at you just now... Oh. Because I was setting everything up. When I looked at you and your hair was up like that, for some reason you look like like a jock in a varsity jacket that was going to beat me up. Oh, no. I know. Which never happened in high school, so I don't know why I'm having trouble. Maybe it was um, an underlying desire that you always had. To be stuffed in a locker? Maybe. By the alphas? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most American problem I've ever had. Oof. I think it's what I think is really interesting. I know we were talking about simps on the last episode. I wonder if simping is an underlying desire to be almost submissive to a woman. But how is it submissive to make an effort? I think it's it's like the whole worship thing, you know? Where yeah. like power dynamics. I think some Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just just to preface everyone, this will be a sex episode. Um, <laughs> I think the, men are intimidated by women, and that's why the patriarchy had to be put in place to keep women in their place, quote-unquote, place. Um, I, I don't think it's that men are intimidated by women. I think it is. I think that when the patriarchy was put back in place, was put in place, I think there was no porn. And so <laughs> men would just do anything... No, porn has Anything always existed. Porn has always existed. There's always been porn. There's much big difference between a black and white photograph and, you know, the 3D audiovisual experience that oh, you, can, God. you can go through now. But I think, no, just to the point of uh, the simping, I think it's like people will often say, don't you have any self-respect? And I think some men just really love the idea of just serving a woman, you know, like really As worshiping. It's hot. If you're a guy and you think that way, it's hot. Well done. But do you... Yes, worship me. Kiss my feet. This is interesting to me because I feel like that's not the energy you enjoy. Well, okay, but it's... So, okay, okay. When we're clarify talking... This. Yeah, clarify When this we're talking about out in the streets... Okay. It's different to down in the sheets. I think that is confusing for a lot of men. I don't see what's so confusing about sex being subversive. For something that's seen as so taboo, for people to enjoy things that are a little... a little different. <laughs> but okay, okay. Mm. Let me... I'm going to be very personal and okay. vulnerable here. Please, yeah. I'm a super anxious person. Okay. So, for me, the bedroom is a place where I can relinquish that constant need for control and I said be controlled and I, I think I date a lot of anxious women mm. who well, feel very similar sentiments I think women in general tend to be more submissive sexually yes. it's just natural no I fully agree with that um, Yeah. and honestly I think everyone should be allowed to do whatever they want as long as everyone is a consenting adult and everyone is yes. safe mentally and physically and everyone's well-being is taken care of whatever yeah then people should be able to do whatever the fuck they want no judgment with a safe word 
There should right. always be a safe word. Right. Well, if you're getting into that kind of territory. I think in general there should be a safe word. I think there should well, never be. no should be enough. Stop should be enough. No, I think personally, I think there should always be like an emergency break in any kind of intimate encounter because you are so vulnerable. You know, you're completely naked most of the time. People are showing raw emotion. There should always be like a safety lever that you can pull if things get weird and they might not it might not be weird for any other reason than you're reminded of something your ex did and suddenly you've become very nostalgic and emotional right i just think there needs to be whatever the reason but the problem is that both parties or however many parties are involved everybody needs to adhere to that rule and unfortunately that is not always the case and if you are a woman who necessarily doesn't have the physical strength of your partner if you are with man men (laughs) with the man (laughs) then it can it's it's not always that simple i think well i think it should be that simple i think that if someone is not obeying safe words that is a a gross violation that of course it is that's that is grounds for i don't want to say extermination but it's grounds for dismissal oh immediate, immediate dismissal um you know i think a lot of women in order for them to feel sexy or in order for them to feel any sort of fulfillment out of sex Mm -hmm. they need to first and foremost feel safe i completely agree and i think you need to build up that that atmosphere Mm -hmm. and that world for people to be able to feel safe and so that they can explore more vulnerable and intimate moments i totally agree i think in a healthy sexual environment even if you want it to feel dangerous, mm. you have to have that foundational safety. Yeah. And of trust, mutual respect, confidence, kindness, compassion. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of love, but it's not necessary. <laughs> it's not necessary, I suppose. So I asked Becky earlier do orgasms or the number of orgasms had in a session indicate good sex and becky said yes and no (laughs) okay again to be very very honest i did not have an orgasm until i was 21 years old i wasn't necessarily sure if there was like something wrong with me or if i just couldn't do it i think it was just really Mm, I was never taught how to enjoy sex. I was only mm. ever taught to A, not get pregnant, B, yeah. not get a disease. Okay. And I think obviously for guys, that kind of learning how to orgasm is far more obvious. It's interesting. Do you yeah. think? Well, I think it's it's confusing for women because there's no finality there's not there's finality with the male orgasm where right. something happens yeah things are excreted <laughs> and the the unit goes limp you know it deflates <laughs> so there's a finality to right. it right yeah, yeah, where yeah. as the female orgasm a lot of women can chain them together and the male orgasm is finite and the female orgasm there is are, infinite. There are some men that can 
chain. Oh, sure. But that's a whole... Some, it's very yeah, rare. I mean, some yeah. women can't come at all. Yeah, that's my hell. Some people are yeah. anorgasmic. <laughs> Is that the word for it? I don't know. I mean, I've heard of this. Yes. Some I've encountered one. cannot come. Some people was, cannot come. Actually, two. Come. I've encountered two. Mm. There's nothing... I could never be with someone. For me, personally. Really? That is a massive affront on me. That's interesting that you look at their inability to orgasm as reflecting on you when it actually has nothing to do with you whatsoever. Yeah. What I does think, that say about society? I think, I think, <laughs> but I think women do the same thing. If a man loses his erection yeah. during sex, they think, oh... Oh, I am I not, not attractive? Exactly. What did I do? What's wrong with me? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, Erectile dysfunction is a far more sort of visible issue. Mm. Um, well, it's rampant right now because of porn. Right. Yeah. So porn, essentially, for those of you that don't know, if you watch a lot of porn as a man, you are conditioning your brain, whether you recognize it or not, to be attracted to certain things. It can be the type of sex. It can be body type can be all sorts of things but if you're not getting those things in real life you won't be aroused and most of the time you're not going to get these things in real life because you're watching fantasy crap right right people who have sex for a living it's like yeah. going to the gym once a week and expecting to your body to look like you're a trainer wait what i don't understand that reference as in like if you're having sex mm. with a perfectly lovely but completely normal human being yes yeah wait hang on you're watching porn yes you're of watching people porn. who don't look real and okay then, yeah, that's what you're like saying. you're yeah you're training like subconsciously training yourself mm. to find that arousing yeah whereas in real life the connection you have is obviously going to be different real yeah and it's not this parasocial thing you have no, going on yeah. with the porn stars you're watching it's but it's like comparing your body to that of like your personal trainers when one of you wait what am i talking about i think what you're <laughs> i think what you're i think what you're, i'm just gonna jump in i think what becky's trying to say is that when you're watching something like porn you're building up an expectation for a sexual encounter that may not come to fruition because regular people don't have sex typically like porn stars they don't have the plastic surgery. They don't have that, but they also, even even to the extent of, say you're like 15 and you decide to jump on the Pornhub because everyone's doing it, right? Everyone's talking about it. And you shouldn't do that until you're like much older. But let's just <laughs> say you do and it saves your cookies, right? It saves your search preferences. And so you watch something to the effect of a petite woman. And then suddenly that's all that is being recommended to you. And so you keep clicking it. And then before you know it, you've watched hundreds of hours of petite women porn. But then you start dating someone who is not petite. Even though they're beautiful, even though you find them attractive, your brain is now rewired to only find and be aroused at petite women, which can then cause erectile dysfunction, which is super messed up. And Well, it's yeah. one of the many causes. It's one of the many, yeah. It's not, I want to say it's a blanket cause, but it is a large problem um, going on. Now, before, let's not derail into the porn. No, let's not. We're not here to talk about porn. Let's talk about orgasms because I think it's an interesting metric for... And, and a lot of people use this as a metric for good good sex, mm. right? 
people like yeah. to say, oh, my partner had X amount of orgasms or I'm really excited by, you know, the fact that I can bring my partner to orgasm so quickly. It's yeah. very much a bar of accomplishment and success. Right. But is we would, this true? We would never count that for men, though. I Like, I would never, like, have sex with someone and then go to my friends like, oh, my God, score, I made him come. What if, what if you made what if you made expected. him what if you made him finish like more than once maybe it was like three or four times okay yeah I guess that would be something more out of the ordinary but it does feel like an accomplishment almost well no? I think yeah because it's like especially in a man's case there is like physical evidence of it yeah like you can see it happen yeah um I think like there's the whole this age-old thing about you know a woman's orgasm is not considered quote-unquote real because nothing comes of it if you'll pardon the pun okay. <laughs> it's like well a man needs to come to produce children yeah yeah uh, the woman a woman's orgasm is purely for pleasure it is interesting like what evolutionarily like why the women the female orgasm exists what's the purpose of it from an evolutionary standpoint fun and niceness. I agree. It is interesting when you think about it, though. Well, because if it if it isn't for a purpose, I think humans are built in to enjoy things. Because if it if we weren't supposed to have orgasms, then we wouldn't have eight thousand or whatever is nerve endings in our clitorises. I do find it quite interesting that the male G spot is in the man's rectum. Yeah. It's quite an interesting place. Well, I'm not very religious, but. I do wonder what God was doing with that one. Let's kick it back to ancient times. Have some good old-fashioned orgies. Is that what they did? Just let everyone have sex. I think they had a far more... They did that. ...progressive society back then than we do now. Yeah, everyone was just far more accepting. You would eat so much, go to the vomitorium, that's, throw it all up, let's not talk come back that. and start that's eating disgusting. again. You'd have sex with whoever you wanted. I don't know if that was actually true. I'm just making that up. Okay. That's gross. Let's <laughs> no, not talk about that. No, the vomitorium thing is correct. I don't want to hear about that. about that. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, the whole orgasm thing is interesting to me. My personal note on this is that up until around probably two years ago, I was always very anxious and nervous about sex. Mm. It was something that brought me a great deal of anxiety. And I think a lot of men feel like they need to perform, you know, in the same way that a lot of men feel like they need to provide Mm. for their partner. And for me, it was just very nerve wracking. I didn't always feel like I could get the results. And it was a little scary to me. Because of this, I started looking up. I like to say this a lot that like sexual ability is not finite, right? You can learn and put these things that you learn into practice. Yeah, and obviously that's helpful if you have a partner who is regular. That's also true. And understanding and who you feel safe and comfortable with. Yeah, and... Practice absolutely makes perfect. I Yeah, I mean, I read a lot. I watched videos. I, you know, checked out blog posts. I really wanted to educate myself on the topic because it was funny. You know, I played lots of sports growing up, and I would practice these sports all the time. It's not really something you do with sex. Right? You're not like going mm. out to the courts and <laughs> practicing, right? Like there's no teacher, not, there's not no coach. Unless you, you want to go to jail. No, and there's no coach or anything. It's just one of these things that everyone expects us to be amazing at. 
without any prior training or teaching or understanding, it's kind of, you got to take it upon yourself to educate yourself on these things. Well, and that's why people turn to porn. They do, unfortunately, because which is not a good teacher. We don't talk openly enough about good sex. We talk no. about safe sex. Yes, we do. Um, but we don't talk about good sex. Or what makes good sex. Right. Yeah. And I think for me, around two years ago, I discovered uh, more like power play dynamics. And it was kind of like a revolutionary moment. I've gotten, I don't want to say hot water, but I've definitely put some people off talking about this at parties. <laughs> God. Because it was something that came up organically, and it was something that for me was such a, an epiphany moment that changed me so much for the better, that I felt like I wanted other people to know about this. Some people were very cool about it, um, some people were very cool about it and then got weird about it, but you know, like anything else, if you're in a conversation and you're not enjoying it, just open your mouth and be like, let's not talk about this, like no one's going to be upset. But I found it really interesting because it, it has been something that has absolutely reinvented me as a person and my own ability to have confidence in this sector just as a person in general um so i really encourage people to look into power play dynamics or just different sexual dynamics right anything that they might like if that's the thing i think we need to eradicate shame because for whatever reason you're gonna like what you like yeah, and, and that it's could too be something to understand. It could be something very weird mm-hmm. by normal standards. Or as long like, as it's not illegal or morally right. corrupt. Right, exactly. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, God. Do you know we're not giving you permission to do completely illegal <laughs> things. Yeah. But people should educate themselves. I think we're getting more into a space now yeah. in society where but it's better. But how? That's the thing. How do you educate yourself when the only read available, readily available resource is Pornhub or whatever? No, there's plenty of resources No, out but there. people don't necessarily know where to go. Well, they should do... They should stop being so lazy. And they should, <laughs> they should dig a little deeper. Porn is not an accurate representation of good sex. And McDonald's is not an accurate representation of good food. But exactly. it's quick and it's easy. And people are still going to go. I agree with that. I just, I want people to understand there are better resources out there. Now, there are good resources on Pornhub. And there's videos of instructional things that I'm not going to get into specifically, but <laughs> There are things helped. that can be informing. Yeah. Informative. As long as you're searching for the right thing. Simply clicking on some porn video and watching it and going, this is how I please a woman, is not accurate. You need to go and listen to women and... Well, every woman is different. You need to listen yeah. to the woman you're with. That's also true. Thank you for that. That's true. Because every vagina tells a story. Yeah. And, and I just... <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to topic. Um, <laughs> do you feel like a better sex session for you, Becky, is when you have more orgasms? Yeah. Well, yes. It's very nice if that happens. Do you have a number off the top of your head? No, actually. Okay, right. I know that, we were... What's your all-time number? Okay. This... In one session. Three. Okay. No, two. 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 Two, 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 two. Interesting. Well, it depends what a session counts as. Just like... Night before and morning after? No, no it's that's not That's two separate sessions. Yeah. The session okay, ends... Okay, I say two. The session essentially typically ends and dies with the male orgasm, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. If it's if it's like... Maybe like two hours, I would say, is a session. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, I think... Okay, we talked earlier about like women being able to have like multiple orgasms. That's just not something that really works for me. That's interesting. I'm like, I'm pretty happy with one. I've been, see, <laughs> my thing recently is I've, I've had multiple. 
Mm. Between, I don't know if I should say. No, you can. I've been with people, and this is from, as I've stated, power play uh, dynamics, um, and more importantly, orgasm control, which is something that you should probably look up. I don't want to get too deep into that, but essentially kind of flips the female orgasm. And I'm not sure if you've tried this at all, but a lot of people I've been with have told me that they feel a lot of pressure for orgasming, especially women, because... It's just one of these things that the guy really wants to do and there's like yeah. a lot of pressure and this and that. Well, women also, I think, feel that anxiety and that desire to perform. Right. The same so, as men do. So what what I suggest, and I've, I guess in some ways, done some research, conducted some field experiments, I feel that when a woman is doing this, they're almost running a race without a finish line. They're trying to get somewhere, but they don't really know when it ends. Mm. And this causes them exhaustion, and it's confusing. And they don't know when to start or stop. Orgasm control can lead to flipping this on its side. It's essentially telling your partner that they're not allowed to finish until they have permission. Mm-hmm. Or giving them some kind of a countdown that, you know, when I get to this, you know, starting from 10, going slow, when I get to zero you have essentially permission. So it's like we said before, it's like working out. Like you can't just start a sport and expect to be great at no. it. You have to practice. No. And, and I, this is something that you can do right. and to this have is, control. This is something I discovered when I, over the pandemic, where I didn't like watching visual porn because mm. it was upsetting me because I couldn't see anyone. I was like isolated. Yeah. Audio porn typically does a mm. countdown. Mm. And they, it's the same, essentially the same thing where, you know, they count down from 10 and that's, mm. it gears you up. It, it primes you. Interesting. And I found it to be really interesting. And, and I've used this a few times and it works very well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have told me they didn't know that this was, I guess, possible or this was a mm, thing. Right. It's been very helpful. Now, this isn't for everyone, right? And you have no. to feel very comfortable. Yeah, for um, sure. But that is something to explore. Well, I think you can train your brain to do anything really, can't you? Right. And I think certainly for women maybe more so an orgasm is very mental yes um, it's absolutely i think 90 percent is what i've read yeah so if you're yeah. if you're being weighed down by anxiety or by like nerves or performance issues or anything at all then yeah you've got to let your mind go so that your body can follow suit i think and i think erotic audio is blowing up like, it is really taking off as I've, an industry. I've wanted to do... I want to do a website of it because I think it's very healthy mm. because it forces the listener mm-hmm. to be active. Yes. In the same way that reading a book, you're telling yourself a story with someone else's words. Yes. Audio porn forces you to construct... To create those images exactly. for yourself and it's rather more than intimate. passively yeah. consuming a cookie cutter, mm-hmm. like, unrealistic, everybody's shiny and perfect all and, the sheets are white and i think i think scene. more so to the point of the ed thing i think by constructing your own images it can actually help to kind of circumvent mm-hmm. that problem mm-hmm. right because now you're creating your own images mm-hmm. and I, I just yeah it just seems healthier in a lot yeah. of ways um but going back real quick the number i usually average for my partner is like between like 10 and what 18 what the fuck 
No. Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) These these things Um, (laughs) work very well for me, if I'm being perfectly honest. All right. Wow. Well. And I get a lot of like, I didn't know that was possible. Okay. Yeah. But like, are you like hypnotizing them first or something? (laughs) I mean, I haven't. I mean, I don't want. We're not saying names or anything. But there is someone that I like quite a bit, and we have a very, very good, strong connection, um, intimately. And something that we like to do, it's kind of like a game. But every time she finishes, she has to say the number, which is I think is super hot. She thinks it's super hot. And we got into like, we hit 51 in like two hours. Then we had to take like a very long break. She was like a little. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. I just like cannot comprehend that. Like I've. Listen, I. For me that is physically impossible. I've told people. She's told people. No one believes us. Yeah, I don't believe you guys. I'm being 100% honest here. But again, well, that's I'm not. I'm very happy for you. That's both. not the norm. No, it absolutely isn't. You know, and in that, not. but what I'm trying to say is, these things that I've learned and have started practicing, have changed. Kind of like the way I looked at sex much differently. Mm-hmm. It used to be, am I going to be able to bring my partner mm-hmm. to this place? Yeah, it's no longer that. That's no longer the mentality. Mm-hmm. The mentality is now, how will I bring my right. partner to this place? Right, because every woman is different. Yeah, but it's but it's no longer the idea of whether or not I'm going to succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand, and yeah. so because of that, it removes the anxiety mm-hmm. and it, it enhances my performance. Yeah. Right. I think that's fascinating. And I think if more people had the confidence to just go out and try things and see yeah. what works for them, because obviously your method is not going to work for everybody. Not everyone's going to be comfortable with that. No, but there no. will be something out there. Like the world of sex is so expansive and growing all the time. You well, know? That's, that's the other thing that I think we should talk about is that the idea of sexual personalities mm. and sexual compatibility. Mm. There are times where you're really aligned on everything, mm. but the sex... It sucks. It just sucks. It doesn't work, and yeah. because the per- because we have sexual identities, mm-hmm. and if they don't work, mm-hmm. it's not gonna work, right? Yeah. And like I like to say all the time, good sex will not make a relationship, mm-hmm. but bad sex will break a relationship. Agreed. Right? It yes. can't be either or. Yeah. I think a lot of people have had really great sex with someone mm-hmm. that they just there's no there's nothing else. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing, like what is great for one couple or you know however many people you're doing it with mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean great for another no but as long as it means great to you yeah then that's really what matters and you don't necessarily have to be quantifying your orgasms to be like that was great but at the end of the day everybody deserves to be fulfilled and sexually satisfied yeah in whatever sense that means well it's interesting because i was at a birthday party um, actually, I was with uh, the girl that I was just talking about, who is a wonderful, very lovely girl. And we were talking to someone, and he was like, he had a girlfriend. We got into the topic of sex, and he mentioned that when him and his girlfriend are drinking, they can get a little crazy. Mm. And I was like, well, we can talk about it. If you're comfortable talking about it, like, I'm all ears. Like, I love this kind of stuff. I think it should be talked about. He's like, oh, I'd love to. He said, sometimes when we drink too much, we uh we sixty nine. <laughs> Cute. And I. <laughs> Do you like sixty nines? 
I do. I just I was blown away that that was his idea of getting risky and frisky. yeah, and but yeah. he was so delighted by it. Well, it has love nothing that for him. And and that's the thing is like if that works for you, that works for you. Yeah. And I'm very happy for you. Yeah. But I found it to be. I, I it wasn't it wasn't off putting. That's not the right word. I just I wasn't I was surprised mm. that that was mm. the that was the line for him. Yeah. You know I do like that quite a bit. It has to work right. Like the yeah. size of the people. Is, oh, is yeah. important because like yeah. If I'm seeing like a five ten girl, it ain't gonna work. Uh huh. You know, being yeah. six foot like they, there's a range. Sure. You know? Well, and also, you know, some people have long legs, some people have long torsos. It's true, too. I didn't really think about it that. It all, you know, it, it does, it has to, there's some Tetris elements involved yeah. there. But <laughs> I think it's fun for a bit, but I don't know. I like to focus or be focused on. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's... If, uh... if anything productive is going to come out of it. And that's interesting that I use the word productive mm. because... You know, sex should just be something to be enjoyed. Mm. Um, I don't think you should have the goal in mind, necessarily. Obviously, there is a natural conclusion, no. but I think if yeah. you're like, I've got to come. No, it's going to be putting then, too much pressure on yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah. And it sh- there shouldn't be... Because guys, guys have trouble too sometimes when there's too much Absolutely. pressure. Absolutely. Again, I think porn has set these unrealistic standards for our sex lives that we just yeah. cannot hope to meet. And the sooner we start not paying attention to those and focusing on like what we're really aligned with sexually and being unashamed to like talk about it with our friends. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to go talk about it with your grandmother or your mom. No, like, no. you know, just to have someone who you can like openly, your partner, the person you're having sex with, you should be talking about all of this stuff. Yeah. Well, back, I mean, back to my point is that the stuff that I've discovered by accident it has made my sex life like way like like movie cinema style sex. Oh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I'm very happy for my yeah. I'm thrilled by it because yeah. it's just again. I think so many men have so much anxiety around this. This is such a such a point of contention, mm. you know, especially with like penis size. That's a whole other thing. But like mm. a lot of men think they're not enough, or they're concerned that they're not enough, and so this whole I guess theater of sex is what I like to call it. This performance, you know, this role that you're playing yeah. has allowed me to really just build up so much confidence and security yeah. in ways I never expected. Yeah, that's and so it's, great. It's I think really everybody, wonderful. everybody should have the chance to do that. Yeah, it's not this, I don't think this is something I can teach the people. No, I think everybody's it, on their own journey yeah. when it comes to, well, guilt and shame, which I think is something that is yeah. heavily instilled in us when it comes to sex. I will say shame... Mm. is a choice embarrassment is a choice yes um but i think some people have a harder time dealing with it than others and it's not necessarily their fault no it's not i'm just saying though that we choose to be embarrassed i think it's easier said than done okay to not be embarrassed i don't think anyone would want to be embarrassed if they had the option not to be that's true um, but I, and like, I think there's so many elements that play into it, like self-love, body confidence. Like, mm. you know, if you're a woman who doesn't look like a Victoria's Secret model, you may feel less than. Which and is that's, funny because so many people don't right, it's want not, that. No, yeah. of course not. But that's not what we're told. I and mean, what we see on Instagram or on Pornhub or wherever you're looking is not the reality. And the sooner we realize that actually it's not about 
like trying to change yourself to look a certain way it's about changing your mind to look at yourself a certain way mm. and understand yourself a certain way and then be able to understand what it is that you really desire yeah that's when we'll get somewhere and everyone will be happier the more sex we have i think the better we'll be as a society i agree i want i want to talk about um on the topic of power dynamics what that means i like to equate and you can come at me if you don't think this is right <laughs> i will i like to equate sex to dancing mm. i think there's someone who leads mm-hmm. and there's someone who supports right yeah who follows uh, yeah i don't think a lot of people i think people that are having really bad sex don't understand that these two roles right and this is just very yeah. basic we're not talking about like threesomes or foursomes or orgies talking about two people right man 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 woman man or woman doesn't matter but someone leads and someone follows Mm -hmm. identifying those roles yeah i think is one of the big keys to good sexual chemistry Mm -hmm. because when you know the role that you're playing you can lean into it yeah there's no more of this clumsiness of this or that right instilling something like a safe word even if it's nothing crazy yeah allows the person who is following Mm-hmm. to make sure they're okay. Yeah, I it, think it's a yin-yang situation. Yeah. But is this something that you learned early on? Is this something that... Right, is it nature or nurture? No, for you, I'm asking. Oh, for me? Yeah. Um, interesting. I really don't know. I don't know. I think it must... It just kind of was something that maybe came naturally to me. I think it started from a place of maybe not having much confidence. Mm-hmm. And then I think I probably grew to accept and understand the reason why I have certain preferences as opposed Mm. to fighting them and being like, I should be more assertive. I should be like, you know, more of a top. No, I've never felt that. I've just Mm. kind of, I think it's been more of a, a journey of like, oh, this is like, how the world works and this is what turns me on and this is just just what happens how it happens to be it's it's very interesting to me because i growing up was very concerned about the welfare and the well-being of my partner mm. but i think a lot of women enjoy more of like an intense i don't want to say rough i don't like that word but more of like a a passionate exchange and I think for a lot of guys growing up, we're concerned about the well-being of our partners. And we don't really understand, because no one really teaches, you know, what this theater is, essentially, until you kind of understand it and look at it. I will say I credit porn for opening people's eyes up a bit more. Honestly, I think realistic things. porn is actually a very useful tool. I agree, but what is realistic porn? How do you define that? Just regular people having sex. <laughs> That's just voyeurism, Becky, Jesus. <laughs> but do, you know, I remember after Fifty Shades of Grey came out. Oh, well, that and was every single a phenomenon. Every single girl that I saw after that was like, put your hands on my neck. Mm. And it scared me. It mm. was like really weird and... I was like, where's this coming from? I think from? we felt like, oh, this is how we're supposed to be. If we want a rich, powerful man, yeah, rich, powerful you have billionaire. to let him handcuff you and like and stick things you. in you. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, that book was... I just, I find it interesting because how much of dating 
and sex do we just mimic, right? Like, I'm, mm. I've always said, like, why do we go for coffee dates? Why do we go for movie dates? Why do we go for drinks? Why do we go for dinner dates, right? Is it because some screenwriter told us to? Right. Are we just emulating? Like, why we buy diamonds. <laughs> exactly. Like, where did this come from? Yeah. And, like, are we just emulating? Do we really have any sort of original thought when it comes to dating, when it comes to, to sexual practices? Mm. And it's really wild to me, mm. you know? And I just... It's important to me that we are very conscious about where these ideas are coming from and if we're not just like mimicking things because we don't want to just be regurgitating mm. ideas here and there. I yeah. say this all the time with dating. I think the best dates are activities and Reddit has very strong opinions on this, but I love a bowling date. I love a paint and sip date. I love going, maybe not on a hike because you just met the person, but like <laughs> <laughs> doing things no, with the person. I totally agree. Because you want to see that person in as many environments as possible. Exactly. Before you decide, yes. this is someone I want to spend yeah. an extended period of my life with. And I think, you know, dinner dates are great. Yeah. For the sole reason of seeing how people treat the server. Agreed. Hot right? agree. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. But it's also very difficult for people to hold conversation for extended periods of time. Yeah. I'm very good at it. I love talking to people and I'm really extroverted. Well, you have a podcast, love, so I'd <laughs> hope so. But a lot of people, a two, three hour conversation can be difficult for them, no? Sure. I mean, I guess it, it really depends on so many things. I think we're very much more aware these days of like social battery. Mm. I think I certainly know like there are some people who drain me who I can't spend more than an hour with. And there are some people who I can spend 48 hours with and be perfectly happy. Yeah, I get jacked up from people. Mm. Like, just hanging out with you all day, jacked up. Really? I love hanging with well, people. Well, I'm an introvert, and I have to be very careful about who I give my time to. Because it's, yeah, it's interesting I can to get exhausted very quickly if I'm with the wrong kind of person. I'm like a little energizer bunny. I love people. I love being around people. It, like, fills up my battery. It's mm. crazy. I drain my battery by being alone. Yeah. Like when I'm writing, yeah. like when I write my books. I'm a writer, buy my books. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's just, it's very interesting to me. But on the topic of orgasms, as we're wrapping this up. We should all be coming more. By ourselves, with other people, as long as it's not like Jesus, in Becky. public. Or in no, honestly. Some people like the public. No. No that I don't know how I feel about that. That's really people are not consenting to that. It's a little weird. No, no, no. I'm not gonna kink shame, but just be mindful of other people. You right. Know? What did we say? Legal and moral. As long as it's not illegal <laughs> or heinously morally corrupt. Yes. Which is in its own right subjective. But come on, you know what no, we're talking I think about. Orgasms healthy. Sex is healthy. Like we shouldn't have any negative feelings around this massive part of our lives as sexual beings i think it's important to talk about because yes. there are things and there are tips and tricks that i think are helpful to people yeah i think yeah everybody deserves to have good sex you first exactly. have to work out how you define that for yourself and yeah. not be paying attention to what anyone else says because for you it could just be a nice missionary 10 minutes lights off yeah. If you and your partner both you're love fulfilled that, by fulfilled, that, great. But don't, and I'm gonna say this, this is very important, mm. and I'm I'm resolute in this. Mm. There is no leeway. Do not fake orgasms. <gasps> Do not fake an orgasm. If you fake an orgasm, mm -mm. first and foremost, you're a fool. You're doing no one a favor. You're hurting everyone in the situation. Yeah. 
don't do that. No. Okay, talk to your partner. Do not lie to them while in an intimate, vulnerable space. It is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And if they find out that you were lying, the relationship's over. There's no coming back well, from that, in my opinion. I yeah. would, I'm gone. Honesty is always the best policy, and that also completely translates to the bedroom. Yeah. You are doing no one favors. You are hurting your partner, and you are hurting yourself, because now you're not fulfilled, and your partner, if they find out they won't be fulfilled, or if they think that you're lying, it just causes so many problems. I hate that that's a thing. Yeah. I really hate that that has become or gained any traction. Yeah. It's awful. Healthy and effective communication means being open if you did not come. Because that's okay. Just don't fake it. I honestly credit the fake orgasm for one of the reasons that women have suffered sexually in America. I think it's done a lot of damage. And well, and it, it comes from the fact that we think we need to please men in order to have a validated existence. That's interesting. But maybe that's a topic for another day. <laughs> Jeez. We've run over time. All right, that was uh, episode two. Yeah. Orgasms. I hope you have many of them. If you have questions, we forgot to do this on the last one. Yeah. If you have questions, you can email us at tsympathypod at gmail.com. We'll, we're happy to take user and listener mail. Um, you can also send us a message on Reddit, uh, tsympathypod. And uh, we will possibly talk about what you sent us, but we can, if you want us to be anonymous, we can be it anonymous. It will be anonymous, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe some people want some fame. I don't know. Maybe. We're making so <laughs> yeah, much money. Yeah, we're making money. so much money off this podcast. I think we'll so. another, let's invest another $600 <laughs> into this. <laughs> no, we want to hear anything and everything you have to say, so get in touch. Get in touch. I'm Dave. I'm Becky. And this is... Tea and Sympathy. I'll let you do that one alone. Oh, thanks.